2: cleaning the floors when Mr. Fancy Suit walked by and sneered at me. A janitor, huh? Is that the best you could do with your life? I smirked and replied, Well, at least I'm not leaving messes for others to clean up. His words would fuel my journey to show them all just how wrong they were about me. Get ready, because this janitor is about to clean up. And I don't just mean the floors. It all started when I was working at this fancy bank, mopping the floors like it was nobody's business. The bank owner, Mr. Arrogant, approached me with a snobbish grin and said, It must be so sad, being uneducated and having to settle for a job like this. I clenched my teeth and replied, Well, at least I'm not a pompous jerk. But inside, I was fuming. You see, what Mr. Arrogant didn't know was that I had a brilliant mind, and I wasn't going to let his snide comments go unanswered. So, I did what any self-respecting janitor with a vendetta would do. I planned a heist and boy was it a good one with a little bit of research and a lot of hard work i managed to break into the bank owner's vault emptying it of its riches without leaving a single trace and just like that the smug bank owner got a taste of his own medicine who's uneducated now huh after successfully robbing the bank i was enjoying my new wealth when miss fake it till you make it a beauty influencer decided to ridicule me for being a janitor her words stung But it only fueled my desire to prove her wrong. So, I used some of my newfound fortune to create an eco-friendly, honest brand. And guess what? It exploded in popularity, making me even more famous than her. When she tried to score a sponsorship deal with my company, I just smirked. Sorry, we only work with genuine people. The satisfaction was indescribable. Life took a wild turn after that. Suddenly, I was living the high life surrounded by gorgeous supermodels, attending VIP events, and spending a 100000 in a single night without even breaking a sweat. It was a far cry from my janitor days, and I couldn't help but enjoy the sweet taste of success. It's amazing how quickly things can change when you show those snobs who's boss. So this rich dude comes up to me, not realizing I was just dressed as a janitor for fun, missing my old simple lifestyle. He says, Hey, janitor boy, I bet you don't even know how to play poker. Tell you what, you can keep my house and my girlfriend, but if you lose, they're mine. I couldn't help but smirk at his arrogance. As we sat down to play, he kept trash-talking me, saying things like, You really think you stand a chance against me? I played poker with celebrities, and you're just a janitor. I just smiled and replied, Well, you know what they say, cleanliness is next to godliness. We played through the night, and just when he thought he had me cornered, I revealed my winning hand. His jaw dropped and I couldn't help but chuckle. Looks like I just cleaned up, I said with a grin. Instead of taking his money, I decided to take his girlfriend. She rolled her eyes at him and said, I always knew you were a lousy poker player. I'm happy to leave you for someone who knows how to play the game and how to treat people right. As we walked away, I revealed my true identity, leaving the rich guy stunned and humiliated. There I was, wearing my janitor outfit for a charity event I organized when I found a rich developer who planned to demolish my parents' house to build luxury homes. No way was I letting that happen. I pulled some strings, got involved with the decision-making process, and confronted the developer at a packed city council meeting. My parents' house is more than just a building. It's a home filled with memories and love, I told him, my voice loud and clear. The room went silent, and the developer stared at me, baffled. Who are you? He asked. Grinning, I replied just a janitor with a heart of gold. I turned to the crowd, my voice full of passion. Who here has a home they love? Who here has memories they cherish? Hands shot up all over the room. We can't let this developer take away what makes our city special, our homes, our community, our memories. The crowd erupted in applause and people began sharing their stories of love, family, and the homes they held dear. The developer, realizing he was losing the battle, tried to argue his case. Think of the jobs, the economic boost, he shouted. I raised my hand to silence him. We can create jobs without sacrificing our homes and our past. We can build a better future together without forgetting where we come from. The entire city stood behind me, and the developer had no choice but to back down. Money isn't everything. Sometimes, even a janitor can save the day. One day, I was dining at a fancy restaurant with my gold digger crush, who didn't know about my newfound wealth. I decided to wear my old janitor uniform to see her reaction. As expected, she was all about the glamour, loudly shaming me for not affording the most expensive items on the menu. I played along, pretending to be hurt by her words, but the next day, I pulled up to her place in a brand new luxury car, dressed to the nines. She couldn't believe her eyes. Hey, remember when you shamed me for not affording the most expensive stuff at the restaurant? I asked, smirking. Well, guess who just made a fortune? Her jaw dropped, and she stammered. Y-you? But but how? I laughed. (laughs) Turns out, even a janitor can strike it rich. As I drove away, I could see the regret in her eyes. Little did she know she'd missed out on a fantastic life with a guy who knew the true value of hard work and love. Karma had spoken, and I was loving every minute of it. One day, I was invited to a costume party at my friend's luxurious mansion. The theme was Humble Beginnings, where the attendees were supposed to dress up as someone from their past or a profession they'd done before. I thought it'd be a great opportunity to remind myself of where I came from. So I decided to dress up as a janitor, my old job. As I was helping clean up a spilled drink at the party, a group of spoiled party girls walked by, laughing and pointing at me. Look at this loser, pretending to be a janitor, one of them taunted. Ew, and what's with that cheap outfit, another added. I rolled my eyes and decided to have some fun with them. This cheap outfit you're making fun of is actually a limited edition designer shirt, I said smirking. They didn't believe me, so I challenged them to tear it off and see for themselves. As they reluctantly tugged at my shirt, they couldn't help but gasp at my toned abs. Wow, he's hot! One of them whispered to her friend, and when they saw the designer label, their faces turned red with embarrassment. This is worth thousands of dollars! One of them exclaimed, With a sly grin, I put my shirt back on and continued enjoying the party, leaving the girls in awe, their shallow judgments backfiring on them. They'd just learned a valuable lesson. Never judge a book by its cover, and always be aware of the context behind people's actions. You won't believe this other crazy thing that happened to me. So, I was at this wild party, and the host suddenly announces a bizarre challenge, sharing an enormous t-shirt with someone for 24 hours. And who do I get paired with? my crush we wriggled into the t-shirt feeling all kinds of awkward well this is one way to break the ice i joked she giggled and our initial awkwardness started to fade we had some of the funniest moments of our lives that day picture this we were trying to squeeze through a doorway and got stuck right in the middle maybe if we twist like pretzels we'll make it she suggested as we began wiggling through the tight space or we could just moonwalk our way out i quipped and we both burst into laughter Despite the sticky situations, the 24 hour t-shirt challenge turned out to be a blast. It actually brought us closer than ever, transforming a potentially cringe-worthy experience into a hilarious, unforgettable memory. One day, I was walking around in my favorite vintage jacket, when a group of girls started to make fun of it. Hey! Nice jacket! Did you find it in the trash? They sneered. I shrugged off their comments, but before I could walk away, a stylish woman approached me. Oh my god! That jacket is to die for. I've been looking for one like this forever, she gushed. I'll give you $2,500 for it right now. The girls' jaws dropped, and they couldn't believe what they were hearing. I smirked, handing over the jacket, and walked away with a fat stack of cash. Another time, this gold digger I knew turned me down for a date just because my t shirt had a tiny hole in it. Little did she know it was a limited edition designer t shirt worth $10,000. After I'd made the fortune and starting living the high life, she came crawling back, full of regret. Oh, I didn't know you were so successful now. Maybe we could give it another shot, she suggested. But I just shook my head and smiled. Sorry, I only date people who appreciate me for who I am. Not just my bank account. So, thanks, but no thanks. I walked away, leaving her to wallow in her shallow choices. Sweet, sweet karma. As the years went by, I continued to embrace my newfound success while staying true to my roots i never forgot the lessons i learned from my humble beginnings as a janitor and i always made sure to treat others with kindness and respect regardless of their social status one day i decided to host a grand charity event inviting all the people i had encountered on my journey the rich and the poor the influential and the humble and even those who had once mocked or underestimated me as the event unfolded i took the stage and addressed the crowd Tonight, we celebrate not just my personal success, but the power of resilience and the human spirit. It's not about how much money you have or the designer clothes you wear. It's about the person you choose to be and the impact you have on others. The applause was deafening, and I could see the faces of those who had once belittled me, now filled with respect and admiration. That night, we raised a significant amount of money for charity, giving back to the community and helping those in need. As I looked around the room, I realized that I had achieved the most satisfying ending to my journey. I had not only overcome my own obstacles and found success, but I had also used my influence to make a real difference in the world. And that, my friends, is, is what true success and happiness are all about. My name is Alexei, and I come from a family of Russian oligarchs. Wealth has always been a part of my life, but I never really felt like I belonged in that world. I remember the time my father offered me a pet tiger for my birthday. Even then, I knew it wasn't for me. So I decided to leave that life behind and go undercover, blending into society as a poor man. I found a modest apartment in the city and landed a job at a company that, unbeknownst to everyone, was actually owned by my family. I kept my true identity shrouded in secrecy, a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. I worked under David, my boss, who constantly disrespected me. Every slight he threw my way only fueled my determination to keep my secret, biding my time for the perfect moment to reveal the truth. Little did he know who he was truly dealing with or the sheer magnitude of the surprise that awaited him. One day, David decided to break me in front of everyone. Alexei, your incompetence never ceases to amaze me. Do you have any idea how much your mistakes cost this company? I rolled my eyes deciding to clap back with some wit. You know, David, they say great leaders inspire greatness in others, but all you seem to inspire is a headache. David's face turned red with anger. You insolent little, watch your tongue, or you'll be out of a job before you can say unemployment. I smirked, feeling the suspense build up. Well, if I'm so terrible at my job, David, why don't you tell me exactly how to improve? Or is it that you're too busy driving that shiny Lambo of yours to bother with us lowly employees? He clenched his jaw, struggling to find a retort.
3: You! You just wait, Alexi! One of these days you'll learn the hard way that you can't talk to your superior like that!
2: Oh, I can't wait for that day, David, I replied with a grin, fully aware of the dramatic irony in our conversation. Little did he know that the power dynamic would soon shift in my favor. David's face turned red, but before he could respond, Natasha walked into the room. As Natasha, a breathtaking woman exuding sophistication, sauntered into the office, her presence was like a magnet, instantly grabbing my attention. I found myself captivated by her beauty, yet I couldn't shake the underlying feeling of arrogance and materialism that clung to her aura. It was a dangerous combination, but the enigma that surrounded her had me hopelessly intrigued, ensnaring me in a web of suspense and attraction. As she walked by my desk, I gathered my courage and decided to strike up a conversation. "'Excuse me,' I said, trying to sound as suave as possible. "'I don't think we've met before. "'I'm Alexi. She arched an eyebrow and looked me up and down, her gaze assessing me like a priceless artifact. "'Natasha.' She replied with a cool, detached tone. So, Alexei, what brings you to this mundane world of nine-to-fine drudgery? I grinned, embracing the challenge her question presented. Ah, well, Natasha, sometimes you have to experience the ordinary to truly appreciate the extraordinary. Don't you think? She smirked, clearly intrigued by my response. Interesting perspective. You're not like the others here, are you, Alexei? I leaned in, lowering my voice to a conspirational whisper. Maybe I'm not, Natasha, but that's for you to discover, isn't it? As our conversation continued, the electricity between us was palpable, making the air around us crackle with anticipation. The meeting of our two worlds promised an adventure neither of us could have ever imagined. Over the next few months, Natasha and I grew closer, and I slowly fell in love with her, despite her materialistic tendencies. One day, I decided to take a leap of faith and propose to her with my grandmother's ring, an exquisite piece worth millions of dollars. As I got down on one knee, I presented the ring to Natasha, whose eyes widened in disbelief. Alexi, is this some kind of joke? She scoffed, inspecting the ring with a look of disgust. This looks so cheap. How could you think I'd accept such a pathetic proposal? I was taken aback by her reaction, my heart sinking with disappointment. I tried to speak up, but she cut me off.
3: You're nothing,
2: Lexi, you can't give me the life I deserve. And now that I think about it, I'm leaving you. For David, the words hit me like a ton of bricks. David, my arrogant, condescending boss. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But before I could process the situation, Natasha tossed the precious ring away. A cruel dismissal of our love. Crushed and betrayed, I knew it was time to return to my true identity and give Natasha the taste of the high life she so desperately craved. I sought solace in my family's luxurious yacht, moored in the city's marina. The next day, as I was leaving the yacht with a group of influential business people, I spotted Natasha and David approaching in his Lamborghini. The sight of me surrounded by wealth and power instantly piqued Natasha's interest, and she rushed over, interrupting our conversation. Alexei! I had no idea you were... well... "'Who you really are?' she stammered, her eyes wide with shock and regret. "'I was so wrong about you. Could you ever forgive me?' I smirked, feeling the suspense of the moment. "'Oh, I'll take you back, Natasha, but be prepared for the wildest ride of your life.' And so began my plan to teach Natasha a lesson about valuing people for who they are, not their wealth. Little did she know the roller coaster of emotions and experiences that awaited her. Every single day, I planned a new, over-the-top event, immersing her in the madness of wealth and excess. Our first stop was a lavish gala held in a beautiful mansion, the event dripping with opulence. As we walked around through the grand entrance, Natasha's eyes sparkled, taking in the breathtaking surroundings. I never knew such a world existed, Alexei, she admitted, awestruck. I smirked, already sensing her discomfort oh natasha this is only the beginning i teased leading her to the dance floor where we waltzed the night away as the days went by the extravagance only increased from exclusive fashion shows to attending private concerts with world famous musicians i was determined to push natasha to her limits she began to struggle with the constant onslaught of luxurious experiences the superficiality of it all becoming more evident With every passing day, the pressure mounted. Natasha's eyes widened as she attended yet another opulent event or boarded another private jet. Alexei, I feel so out of place here, she whispered, her voice wavering. I leaned in, my voice low and deliberate. But Natasha, isn't this the life you always wanted? Surrounded by wealth and luxury, day by day, I could see her growing more and more exhausted with the constant whirlwind of extravagance. The constant barrage of luxury was taking its toll on her, pushing her to the breaking point. Finally, one night as we stood on the deck of my family's yacht, I could see that Natasha had reached her limit. The once alluring world of the ultra-rich had become a suffocating, hollow existence, and she could no longer bear it. As her eyes filled with tears, I revealed the truth about the ring she had so carelessly discarded. That ring, Natasha, was worth millions. Your inability to see its true value only proves how blinded you were by wealth and status. Natasha's voice trembled as she spoke. I'm so sorry, Alexei. I didn't know. I didn't understand. I sighed, the suspense hanging heavy in the air, knowing that the time had come to confront her. Natasha, do you realize why I did all of this? I asked, my voice laced with emotion. She looked at me, her eyes filled with confusion. What do you mean, Alexi? I took a deep breath, ready to reveal the truth. I wanted to teach you the importance of valuing people for who they are, not their wealth, all the luxuries, the extravagance. It was all a lesson. A tense silence settled between us as the reality of my words sank in. Slowly, Natasha began to understand the lesson I had been trying to teach her. She finally saw the superficiality of the ultra-wealthy lifestyle and how it had distorted her priorities. Tears welled up in her eyes as she reached for my hand. Alexi, I... I never realized how wrong I was. I can't believe you went through all of this just to teach me a lesson. I nodded, my eyes locked on hers. I did it because I love you, Natasha and I believe you can change. As Natasha's perspective shifted over time, she began to appreciate the simpler things in life, cherishing the love and personal growth that came with it. Together, we realized that wealth and status were not the keys to happiness, and we decided to leave that world behind. But life had other plans. Enter Anastasia, the daughter of another wealthy family, who was determined to win my heart. She constantly tried to impress me with her lavish lifestyle and endless resources, attempting to lure me back into the world I had left behind. The tension between Natasha and Anastasia grew, as they both competed for my affection. One evening, at a charity event, the rivalry between them reached its climax. Anastasia approached me, her eyes glittering with determination. Alexei, you belong in our world, not with someone like Natasha. She'll never understand you like I do. I raised an eyebrow, intrigued by her audacity. Really, Anastasia, and what makes you think you understand me so well? But before I could get a response, Natasha stepped forward, her face a mix of anger and hurt. Alexei doesn't need your world, Anastasia. He's seen the emptiness it brings, and so have I. Anastasia scoffed, her eyes narrowing. You're just afraid of losing him, Natasha. But you can't compete with me. I can give him everything you can't. Natasha stood her ground, her eyes locked on Anastasia. It's not about what you can give him. It's about who you are. Alexei isn't swayed by material things anymore. The air was thick with suspense as I looked between the two women. Knowing I had to make a choice, I took Natasha's hand facing Anastasia with a resolute expression. Anastasia, your world has nothing to offer me. Natasha and I have found happiness in each other, not in material possessions. Anastasia's face fell and she stormed off, leaving us alone. Natasha looked up at me, her eyes filled with gratitude and love. Thank you, Alexi. I'm so glad we've learned the true value of life together. As the weeks went by, Natasha and I continued to grow closer embracing our new life together. One day, while we were packing our belongings to move to a more modest home, Natasha stumbled upon something that took her breath away, the ring she had once thrown away in a fit of arrogance and misunderstanding. Her eyes welled with tears as she picked up the exquisite piece, now understanding its true value. Alexei, she whispered, her voice filled with emotion. I found the ring, the one you proposed with. I can't believe it's been here all along. I walked over, a tender smile on my face, and took the ring from her trembling hand. It's never too late, Natasha, I said softly, taking her hand in mine. Will you marry me? Not for the wealth or the status, but for the love we've found together. Natasha nodded, tears streaming down her cheeks.
3: Yes, Alexei, yes, I will.
2: I gently slid the ring onto her finger, We embraced our hearts overflowing with love and gratitude. Together, we faced our future with renewed determination, ready to leave behind the world of wealth and embrace the true, authentic life that awaited us. Hand in hand, we walked away from our past, ready to embark on a new journey. Our story, full of suspense and twists, came to a close with a powerful message about the importance of humility, love, and personal growth. Lessons we would carry with us for the rest of our lives.
3: I've been hit with paint, doused in spoiled milk, left speechless by blaring air horns, and so much more! Every single day the world thinks it's funny and maybe it is from the outside looking in but from my perspective it's a never-ending nightmare a nightmare that i was born into and before you start with the they're just pranks bro argument let me tell you that when you're the victim of just a prank every day of your life it stops being just a prank it's psychological torture hey
2: yeah That's me. Just to get you caught up on my story. My name is Jake, and my life has always been a bit, uh, over the top as you can see. You see, my parents are professional pranksters. Yes, you heard right, professional pranksters. Most kids get grounded or sent to their room when they misbehave. Me? I get an air horn blast at 3am or a surprise tarantula in my cereal. Ever heard of Smith's Prank Palace on YouTube? Of course you have. A couple in their 40s acting like a pair of teenagers on spring break break, and their punching bag, yours truly. Dad always said, humor keeps you young. But at the expense of my dignity, it didn't seem all that funny. To paint you a full picture, this is how my conversations with my parents usually go. Getting ready for our next big prank? You better sleep with one eye open tonight, winky face. Did I mention they have a strange obsession with emoji texts? I tell you, my life's one big joke. Literally.
3: Oh, this is gonna be great.
2: Our subscribers are gonna love this one. I just hope Jake remembers we do this out of love. And for views, of course. Yeah, love that's what they call it. One day in middle school, I had my crush Lily coming over to work on a science project. I specifically remember pleading with my parents. No pranks today, okay? It's important. They'd given me their word. I should have known better. The doorbell rang. My heart pounded in my chest as I opened the door to Lily. A nervous smile on my face, Suddenly, there was a shower of sour milk from above, soaking us both. Lily, I- I stammered, horrified as she wiped milk off of her glasses. My parents popped out, cameras rolling, laughter echoing. Their apology video later that night garnered more views than the prank itself. This was it. I had it. The sour milk was my tipping point.
3: Is YouTube more important to
2: you than your son's dignity? I screamed at them, my face still stinging from the milk. We, we didn't realize it was that bad for you, John. Mom had stuttered. The camera's finally off, her face a mixture of surprise and concern. Now, I wish I could tell you that my life had gotten better after the sour milk incident, that my parents backed off with the pranks, or that I somehow turned into the most popular kid in high school. But nope. Instead, my life had turned into a living hell of never-ending embarrassment, courtesy of Smith's Pranks Palace. From Dad pretending to faint in the middle of my freshman orientation, their video titled, Hilarious Prank at High School Orientation, must watch 5 million views to mom barging into my chemistry class dressed as an alien the video titled crashing high school class in alien suit epic reaction earned a trending spot my high school years were a montage of mortification but the worst part wasn't the embarrassment or the name calling it was the pity the sympathetic glances from teachers the awkward conversations with the school counselor how are you handling your home situation john they'd ask And so I became a bit of a loner, the prank palace boy who ate lunch in the library and avoided eye contact. And then there were the comments on YouTube, poor kid, they'd say, or how does he put up with them? And my personal favorite, I'd die if I were him. Every ding of a new comment, every laughter-filled reaction video, felt like a punch in the gut. But what could I do? They were my parents. They fed me, clothed me, loved me in their own twisted way. Now you're probably wondering, how did I escape the constant eyes of the world? The answer is I didn't, but I did get a change of scenery in my yearbook, a sentence that still makes me laugh, most likely to become a viral meme written beneath my photo. The doors to college life swung open and I stepped through them, hoping to find an escape from my prank infested past. I met Clara on the first day, an intro to Psych. She was the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen, with long blonde hair, and a laugh that could light up a room. Oh, you're the prank palace guy, she'd exclaim when we first met. Your parents are hilarious. It was my past, not me, that drew her in, but I was too smitten to care. I mean, look at that smile. As we started dating, there were red flags like when she insisted on video calling my parents, or when she constantly brought up their YouTube earnings. But love, as you see, makes you see things through rose-colored glasses, doesn't it? It was one of those nights, Clara and I were in bed, the moonlight streaming through the window. She was mumbling in her sleep, something she did occasionally. Must get the money, she mumbled. It was followed by a soft snore. It sent a chill down my spine, but I brushed it off as just sleep talk. Over time, Clara started hanging out with Brad, the buff dude from our psychology class. She'd laugh at his jokes a little too hard touch his arm a little too often. But every time I brought it up, she'd brush it off. You're just being insecure, she'd say, her eyes not meeting mine. One night, she came home late, reeking of Brad's cologne. That night, her sleep talk was a lot more telling. Brad, no, John
3: can't know. The money, I'll take the money,
2: she muttered in her sleep. Suddenly, everything fell into place. The late nights with Brad, her interest in my parents' earnings, it was all a part of her plan. She wasn't with me because she loved me. She was with me for the YouTube money, the fame, the lifestyle. And now she was planning on ditching me for Brad once they got what they wanted. But they'd messed with the wrong guy. I was a smith after all. The son of the world's greatest pranksters. If Clara wanted a prank, she'd get one. The prank of the century. The sweet nothing she murmured in her sleep now had a sinister edge to them. After another night of her rambling about easy cash and dumb pranksters, I finally decided to confront her. Clara, we need to talk. My voice sounded hollow in the silent room. She looked up from her phone, a perfect eyebrow raised in question. Is this about my sleep talking? (laughs) She laughed, a hollow, lifeless sound. John, I can't control what I say in my sleep. It's not just that, Clara. It's about you, Brad, and this plan of yours. Her face drained of color. You're absolutely delusional, Jake, she yells at me. I pulled out a series of printed emails that I'd found on her laptop, my heart pounding as I slapped them down on the table. The subject lines read, future plans, revenue split, and leaked prank videos. These are your email exchanges with Brad, I stated, trying to keep the tremor out of my voice. You two have been planning to hack into my parents' account to take their unreleased prank videos, start a rival channel, using my parents' content, and popularity to draw in viewers, and then you want to divert the ad revenue into accounts you two have set up. She sputtered, shocked into silence. I felt a grim satisfaction at catching her off guard. Did you really think you could pull this off? I asked, my voice hardening. You're crazy, John! You can't prove anything. Those emails could be faked, you know, she protested, but I didn't want to hear any of it. I spent the next few days assembling my evidence, the emails and screenshots of their secret bank accounts, and compiled them into a video. Yo, Mike. I dialed my hacker friend, my voice trembling with a mix of rage and determination. I need a favor. Funny how Clara inspired my hacking idea. Mike, a guy who could hack into any network while munching on his cheeseburgers, was my only hope. I need you to hack into my parents' YouTube channel. Mike nearly choked on his burger.
3: Are you nuts? Dude, that's illegal. I don't care.
2: This is important. Can you do it or not? There was a big silence on the other end before he finally sighed. Alright man, I'm in. But remember, you owe me big time. With Mike's help, I uploaded the video to my parents' YouTube channel. It blew up. Gold Digger Exposed went viral. Millions of views until it got taken down by my parents. I took a deep breath, bracing myself as I hit the record button for the second time. This time, it wasn't to expose Clara or her nasty plans, but to expose my parents in the lifetime of humiliation they had subjected me to. Hello, internet. I began, forcing a smile. John here. You might know me as the butt of the joke in many of my parents' prank videos. I paused, swallowing hard as I prepared to delve deeper. What you don't know is the toll those harmless pranks have taken on me. My entire life, I've been subjected to a constant stream of
3: humiliation and embarrassment. I've been laughed at, bullied and mocked for my parents' content. I've been hit with paint, doused in spoiled milk, left speechless by blaring air horns, and so much more every single day. The world thinks it's funny, and maybe it is. From the outside looking in. But from my perspective, it's a never-ending nightmare. A nightmare that I was born into. And before you start with the, they're just pranks, bro" argument, let me tell you that when you're the victim of just a prank every day of your life, It stops being just a prank. It's psychological torture.
2: I uploaded the video with a lump in my throat. It didn't take long before the internet exploded. My confession resonated with a lot of people. They saw the emotion, the trauma that I had gone through, and the support messages started pouring in. As for my parents, their response was less supportive. They were livid. They uploaded a response video on their secondary channel, claiming that I was blowing things out of proportion, that they were just having fun, and that I was trying to smear their reputation for sympathy. What they didn't expect was Clara suing me for invasion of privacy. Order! Order in the court! Judge's gavel boomed through the packed room as Clara's lawyer pointed at me, his voice ringing out with accusations. John intentionally sought to tarnish my client's reputation with false claims. I'd been prepping for this. My lawyer had drilled it into me. Stay calm, present your truth, and don't let them rattle you. But nothing could have prepared me for the way my heart pounded against my chest as I stood to defend myself. Your Honor, if I may. I locked eyes with Clara, her smug smirk a sharp reminder of why I was here. I simply made public the truth. The truth of Clara's intentions and the truth of my life as my parents' unwilling clown. Laughter rippled through the courtroom at my quip, but was quickly hushed. Clara's lawyer jumped to his feet, but the judge waved him down. The evidence is clear, your honor, I continued, scanning the faces in the room. I turned to look at my parents, sitting stifly, their faces pale. I'm not a gold mine for you to exploit, nor a plaything for your amusement, I addressed them ignoring the collective gasp that echoed in the room. And Clara, your plans to profit from my life at my expense are over, I announced, meeting her eyes. She shifted uncomfortably, and for the first time, I saw a crack in her confident facade. But even with the truth out, The court ruled in Clara's favor, because in the eyes of the law, she did not take her plan to the end. I exposed her before it got too far. As I pushed open the courthouse doors, I was bombarded with camera flashes and a crescendo of voices. Microphones were shoved towards me, each reporter wanting their exclusive bit. Any comments about the verdict? A reporter hollered, elbowing his way to the front. I chuckled, running a hand through my hair. You know what? I'm good. Justice may be blind, but the parents aren't. So yeah, I lost in court. But look around. I gestured to the crowd. Their eyes fixated on me with a mix of awe and respect. I won in the eyes of the people. Applause rang through the crowd, whistles punctuating the air. John! 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 They chanted, my name rising and falling like a wave. The next question cut through. How do you feel about your parents' reaction? Ah, the counter video. That was something. Honestly, I think it just proves my point. They're so wrapped up in their fame. They don't see the harm they've done. John, what will
3: you do now?
2: Another question rang out. What will I do now? A slow grin spreading on my face. I'll live without pranks, without humiliation, and certainly without gold diggers. I'll live for myself. As I stepped into the waiting car, the chants of my name followed me. A triumphant anthem that filled the air. For the first time, I felt heard, seen, validated. I may have lost in the courtroom, but in the court of public opinion, I was a hero. I was finally free. And damn, did it feel good.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...